Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know I can't stand him either. Coming up at 7 p.m. on Highbrow Radio, Dr. Lucy Worsley spends 28 hours inside Berghain, Berlin's iconic nightclub, and gives us her impressions of the place. And after that at 8... Actor Morgan Freeman takes a deep dive into the world of porcine-themed confectionery as he goes in search of Percy Pig. And at nine, Dr. Matthew Sweet takes a ride on Europe's longest water slide in Tenerife. But now it's time for Park Date, where, in each episode, a celebrity is kidnapped and forced to participate in an interview in a park against their will in order to barter for their freedom. It's 2023. Welcome to a new season of Park Date, season three. Thank you for listening. Uh, For this season, we will have eight episodes. They will be coming every other week this time. So uh, the next one will be in two weeks' time and then two weeks' time after that. Um, If you like Park Day, please do like, subscribe. Please leave us a review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, the best review, as I always say, will win a prize. So make sure you leave some funny ones. Uh, For the first episode of this season... We have a great musician and a great guy. His brother, uh, Shea, is in Gorillaz, and the two of them have written a graphic short story together. His son, Ravi, um, has made a charity single. Check out ravisdream.com with help from people like Bastille, Coldplay, and Mary Berry. And, uh, of course... The person I've spoken to uh, for this episode is uh, a DJ, a musician, and most famously, a member of the very brilliant Metronomy. It is, of course, Benga Adelikan. So uh, do enjoy this episode, which comes live from uh, central London. Well, it's not live, obviously. We recorded it. That's a lie. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoy it and enjoy the rest of the season too. And remember... This is a show about chat and comedy. Uh, There are funny things at the end of every episode, so listen to the end, and uh, you might enjoy the season trailers as well. Um, We put a lot of uh, effort into making this funny. Hope you laugh. (laughs) 
welcome to St. James's Park in London. I'm here with Benga Adelikan. Benga, how are you today? I'm good, man, and compliments to you for pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> Thank you. I got it right. So, uh, we're in St. James's Park, but we had a little bit of a delay to the start of this podcast. Do you want to tell everyone what we just experienced? We <laughs> took a trip back to the Imperial era. Yes. So we're near Buckingham Palace, and yeah, there was some kind of procession that involved mm. a lot of horses and swords. Yeah. It's it was... a bit unnerving as a person who's from one of the former colonies. Yeah, yeah. People with swords on horses, uh, and uh, I've never seen anything like that before. It's, uh, it was something to do with a visit from the South African president. Yeah. But he was nowhere to be seen. No, we didn't see him, <laughs> did we? We just saw there was a lot of people on horses. Uh, but we, we we were looking at the guys playing music on their uh, There were people horses. on horses holding drums and yeah. all kinds of brass instruments. And I don't really understand yeah. how that works. I wish they'd been playing so I could see if it was actually possible. Maybe yeah. they were just carrying them. <laughs> to like the, whatever their next point is on yeah. this kind of procession. Would you fancy doing a metronomy show on a uh, horseback? On a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I'm not really sure who in the band knows how to ride. It's not Can really something ri- yeah. that comes up. I, I mean, I've, Joe ri- ride? <laughs> I've ridden a horse once. Yeah. Uh, it was on a school trip to yeah. Sweden, like an exchange trip to Sweden that was longer ago than I would like to divulge to your listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to ask the guys. We're going away on tour next week, so maybe I'll, I'll ask yeah, who can ride. Bring it up. How was your riding skills when you were in Sweden? I've never done it before. Is it hard? It was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. I think they gave me a horse that was very easy to kind of manage. Yeah. Um, we kind of went riding through the woods. It was, yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe that could be something for the future. Uh, hey, you can hear there's some, there's some oh. music <laughs> coming in yeah. the distance there that's that's the yes exactly it's like well I was saying to you it's like walking into an episode of The Crown or something it's come to it's got come that to like life. Pathé newsreel kind yes. of vibe to it as well yeah we just need someone with a very clipped uh, <laughs> English accent in the background yeah, narrating and here come the horses yeah um, okay well let's take a let's take a stroll through stroll through St. James's Park um, you've come up here kindly Benga from uh, from Brighton today, where you guys are, are based now. Uh, and you said you you're by Queens Park in Brighton, aren't you? Do you like That's to go? Right. You like to hang out in Queens Park when you're there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I have two kids. They're not so mm. small anymore. But when they were smaller, it's like come rain or shine, you they're yeah. you know much like people who own dogs. Like basically, you have to take them out for a run around at least once a day, or they go a bit crazy. <laughs> um, the only difference is, like, my kids were usually not kind of going for wheeze on trees and stuff. Yeah. Do you have to? Uh, do you have to give them two cans of food per day as well? <laughs> <laughs> That's the minimum, or social services get involved. They'll get yeah. involved. They'll get involved exactly. And you have well, we, well let, let's, let's talk about Ravi for a bit because uh, you have. Uh, you know, music running in your family. Ravi's got this this musical uh, musical urge already, hasn't he? He does. Uh, so yeah, Ravi uh, has a, a benign brain tumor, and yeah. he had successful surgery on it about a year ago. And when we were coming up, we were talking about the anniversary of his surgery, and he wanted to do something positive to support a couple of charities that have supported us, um, kind of in the past year. 
and he had this idea of singing A Million Dreams and maybe my wife filming him singing it in Queens Park and yeah. us kind of putting it out there and asking people to donate to a fundraiser and then we kind of thought well why don't we kind of record it properly because I have a recording set up at home um, you know I know a little bit about making music and recording um, and then we just have this amazing community of creative people who were suddenly like oh well I could probably get word to so-and-so and like you know I have you know maybe I can get some word to Hugh Jackman and see if he'll kind of pop up and do a little cameo just kind of giving his support to the project and yeah we kind of got Coldplay and Mary Berry and Plum Steele and Plum of Faith yeah. and all kinds of people uh, got involved it was quite overwhelming really yeah it must have been nice to uh, see that reaction to see people encouraged and encouraging um, it's it's nice to have that uh, that help isn't it to see, to see people helping out yeah, and it's a real, so the kind of core of the track is a kind of real family affair, because um, my older brother, Nee, who's a, he's a producer out in LA, um, he kind of produced the track, and my younger brother, Cher, who plays bass with Gorillaz, yeah. sang on it, and Cher's a really good guitar player as well, so like he played guitars, um, and we got like both sets of grandparents singing on it, and yeah. my wife, Bethan, sang on it, and Ravi's little sister sang on it, so... Yeah, oh, I didn't. Like, I didn't hear Bethan's voice on it, but that's ah, yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yep. Everyone, everyone got everyone, involved. Everyone's, nice. everyone's on it, um, and yeah, obviously having having all those um, all those contributions makes it uh, a real real kind of. Uh, it's got that sort of live aid vibe, hasn't it? Everyone's yeah. everyone's coming out for the uh, for the same uh, batting for the same team and, and trying to help this. Uh, help this charity and I think it's it's great isn't it to, to have that uh, have that kind of collaborative well I, yeah it's been it's been really fun I think for Ravi seeing so Ravi sings on it as well yeah. and for him to see he knows I'm a musician he knows that I play bass on songs and sometimes produce songs myself mm. but I think actually having him be involved in the process of putting the song together gave him a real perspective on like how many takes you need to sing something before you have like the take that is good for the verse and then yes. the take that is good for the chorus and yeah. just yeah how how much work how many hours and hours of work can go into what ends up being kind of three and a half four minutes of music you know yeah lots and lots of time go really go into go into songs don't they unlike this podcast where we just, <laughs> just <laughs> We just recorded. We, we chose the it, wrong, chose the wrong medium. We should just have put out a podcast, and then we wouldn't have had to edit anything. It, it's incredible, though. When I oh wow, a seagull. Uh, oh, seagull? Yeah, seagull. Is that a seagull? Yeah, it is exactly. Yeah, we're um, getting getting slightly attacked by uh, attacked by <laughs> seagulls. I like uh, it. It's a much more refined <laughs> strain of seagull here in St James's Park in Brighton. Oh, they take you know. your chips, don't they, in Brighton? <laughs> yeah, they've, they've they've got no uh, they've got no shame. At Sandwiches, all, all sorts. Yeah. Have you ever had anything stolen by a uh, by seagull? You know, so I've lived in Brighton for ten years now, and it had never happened to me before this yeah. summer. And we were on the beach actually with my friend Oscar, who plays keyboards in metronomy, um, kind of with our families. We were like on the beach, um, and yeah, like a seagull like just swooped down and took my fish and chips. No, <laughs> like it was. It's quite shocking when it happens. It's a real like, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. So yeah, you really need to be careful when you're in uh, when you're in Brighton of the, of the seagulls, don't you? Um, how is Oscar? How's he? How's he doing? Is he okay? Yeah. Well, Oscar. So when I first moved to Brighton, Oscar was still he was like the only member of the band who still lived in Brighton. Yeah. And now he lives in California, kind of near San Francisco. Does he? So yeah, we're kind of. Yeah, the band is super, super spread out now. Yeah. So, um, you know, you go on tour, you meet people, and they happen to live in, like, yeah. very inconveniently far away places. <laughs> um, but, you know, love is love. Yeah, and I guess, well, using the using modern technology, I guess you can get around that, right? Kind of recording. Do you ever record remotely, or do you guys always get in the studio together? Not so much. I mean, the, the way metronomy albums tend to come together is well not tend to the way they do come together is that joe is always at the core of it because yeah. joe is a very very talented musician and songwriter and producer so he will play most of the instruments and then kind of pull us in for kind of adding bits and pieces to things yeah. um apart from there was an album called love letters uh, that came out quite a few years ago now yeah where we recorded to tape and so we needed kind of live takes there wasn't really a lot of overdubbing that we yeah. could do um so that album was yeah pretty much like the sound of us playing in a room together yeah but also i think like post covid yeah like everyone is a lot more set up for remote everything yeah. now you know yeah, it's more it's more of a thing, isn't it? But hey, we found where those horses went. Yeah, we see we found the horses, <laughs> right? So there's a lot of men on horses. I, I I did spot the odd woman. They weren't all men, but yes, they were mostly men. Yeah, I want to say, is it? Are they called the household cavalry? I might be wrong on that. Um, uh, well, but it's I, I defer <laughs> to your as as an Englishman. <laughs> I defer to your knowledge on that one I, I could be completely wrong i'm not sure if my yeah, uh, there's a lot of flags my like knowledge it. yeah that's jamaican so, flag right this is the flags of the commonwealth isn't it i think you can see a nigerian flag over nigerian there nigerian flag yeah, you exactly. spotted that way ahead of me but yes you're right yeah so the nigerian flag is the green, green and white and green, green, white, one, green. Isn't it? that's right if there's i may not know my military peace. history but i can i can tell my flags peace and prosperity <laughs> is what it signifies is it yeah oh, right right um yeah so it's all very quiet it is very it is very quiet thankfully uh because as soon as they start hitting those drums very hard it's gonna absolutely ruin <laughs> what we're trying what we're trying to record so it's very very polite of uh, it's very nice of them yeah exactly yeah, right. of them and the south african uh south african president to be nice and uh, yeah, quiet yeah. while we're while we're walking walking through st james's park but yeah it's, it feels very uh yeah like the center of uh kind of formal state uh state britain it's very nice i'm having a like, super super touristy experience yeah it's i like <laughs> never really hang out in this part of london no, very much me neither it's kind of strange isn't it we're, we're, ha we're having like a tourist day out we'll have to do this again sometime bring <laughs> bring ravi and beth in we'll have we'll, a we'll record it on the top of an open top bus or something yeah we'll time. do we'll do that next time we'll do that next time exactly um but yeah i think um you know going back to what we were saying about metronomy as well it's it, it's funny because I, w I was thinking um uh, Benga when I was on my way over today about the times I've seen uh, seen Metronomy I've seen you guys a lot and I think you know the record it's interesting to talk about the recording uh, the recording stuff but also 
Metronomy is a great live band and so many, pe so many people love you guys for the live shows. I mean, they're fa fantastic. Just trying to squeeze through, squeeze through some people here. But I think that's part of the experience really as well, isn't it? And you know, when we were saying about Oscar, I do remember... Remember the first time I saw Metronomy was before you were a member. Uh, yeah. A yeah. long, long time You're ago. English, yeah, English Riviera days. Um, when the guys used to have those um, flashing Fresh lights, lights. Yeah, yeah, on their on their chests. I remember seeing them at Rough Trade, yeah. Rough Trade East. I loved Heartbreaker. That was yeah. uh, that was uh, always getting a lot of. Uh, a lot of plays yeah up until very recently it was still in the live it set. was still in the live set we wasn't just, it yeah we, i mean it, yeah. It, yeah it's a lot of fun for me because it's got a really cool bass line. it's got an amazing bass line i was um, gonna say you must love playing that song right yeah it's also so when i had my i had an audition which i i thought of as an audition it turned out that it wasn't really an audition mm. because to get into jo the band. joe and oscar had already basically decided yeah that, if they got on with me and I could play the songs that they'd you know I'd be in the band and I think yeah. they they thought that I was just coming to kind of feel them out as much as they were kind of yeah. checking if the vibe was good um, but I was incredibly incredibly nervous <clears throat> and one of the things I was nervous about was like oh, what if they asked me to play what if we play Heartbreaker it's like that bass line yeah. is so difficult because on the recording, so Joe played the bass on that recording, but he played it once and he looped it. And this is like a classic, classic Joe Mount thing to do is he has a very unique musical brain, but sometimes he he plays things that are quite tricky to play. Mm. And in the context of a kind of one man band type thing, yeah. when you're producing a song, you can play something and then you can kind of chop it up and loop it. And then it comes time to play it live. It's like, oh, a human being has to actually play this <laughs> for three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's always like a very, it's a very fun challenge. And I think going back to what you're saying about us as a live band, actually part of the fun of the band is reinterpreting those songs in a way that makes them kind of make sense when you're yeah. playing them live. Yeah. And then now because there have been a whole bunch of albums as well it's also making an old song like heartbreaker work with a kind of yeah a new song like uh, from the new album small world yeah um you know it, kind of getting all those things to kind of sit next to each other in a set list and make sense is quite a fun challenge as well yeah it is isn't it and um do you ever kind of reinterpret i sometimes hear you guys almost playing like slightly different variations maybe on a song oh or? totally yeah yeah i mean yeah even just stuff like changing keys to mm. make a transition from one song to another song makes sense or yeah like a song like there's a song on the uh album metronomy forever called salted caramel ice cream and the recorded version is almost this kind of like pet shop boys like very very synthy no guitars uh, and you know we've turned it into it, it almost sounds a bit like ZZ Top yeah kind of like 12 bar <laughs> blues but you know like real white boy 12 bar blues yeah. kind of thing you know um, and that's you know it's quite fun I think surprising surprising the fans with kind of different it takes you know so we, if we play it 
sometimes it takes people a little while to figure out which song it's going to be yeah. before the intro, before yeah. the vocal comes in. Um, and yeah, that's quite fun. Yeah, and that must keep it keep it fresh and interesting for you guys as well, right? Oh, yeah, kind totally. Of, yeah, introducing that kind of playful factor into into the live performances. I think generally working hard at stuff but not taking it too seriously is the kind of that's the whole mo for the metronomy live show where down to like you know we always think about what our outfits are going to be for each touring cycle and oscar and joe and our lighting designer um will put a lot of thought into like what the live show is going to look like um but equally you don't want to overthink stuff and you don't want to be too precious about stuff um and you want people to feel like they're free to dance like idiots because they're <laughs> yeah. on stage dancing like idiots too, yeah. you know. Which is exactly what's uh, what's going to happen half the time because it is, it is uh, you know, Metronomy is a band that you want to dance to. It's a, you know, good good party uh, party vibe, isn't Absolutely, it? Always, yeah. Yeah. always. And I guess that's one thing that you guys, um, you guys are kind of, um, yeah, you it always seem like you're, you're having fun, the crowd's always having fun. And I think, you know, one of the things I was also thinking about with Metronomy, Bengo, is like, you guys are really cross borders, right? Like, you are popular in a lot of different countries. Um, and it's obviously music that really speaks to people in different places, isn't it? It's one of the really fun things, I think, about, um, I think the dynamic of Metronomy has always been that we're signed to a French label. Yes, or, huge in France. Um, yeah. So we had the same push in France as yeah. if we were a French act. And I think we also, right from the beginning, from before I joined, I think Joe quite liked the idea of putting a lot of work into, um, yeah, kind of playing as many shows as were offered um, yeah. in France and going and playing festivals that were a little bit out of the way. Um and yeah, we're kind of at a point where we can tour for a week and a half just mm. playing in France, you know? It's yeah. Like we feel very, very fortunate that way. But even, yeah, there's other countries like Mexico or Japan or lots of Eastern European countries. Like we played a show in Poland that was like one of our biggest kind of European shows. Um, yeah, we feel very kind of fortunate um, yeah. about that. I think that kid wanted to get involved in the yeah. podcast there. <laughs> Thank you. I think they, <laughs> I think they did, definitely. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe let's sit down for a while over here. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, that, that global thing is really, I think it's really, really interesting with you guys. Um, but it's I mean, also, it's like a function of, um, I don't know the best way to put this, uh, piracy. <laughs> <laughs> Where like in the... In the MySpace days, you know, like we we'd play shows in Russia, yeah, and there'd be like a lot of people at the show, and they'd all know the songs, yeah. and then our manager would be like, How you do know, they know the, songs? the albums, the yeah. albums, not even really like out in yeah. Russia. Like we don't have a label partner in Russia. Yeah, yeah. That's like okay, they've all torrented, this right? Album, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, in the bit bit torrent days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love. Uh, uh, when Joseph sings in French as well, those um, yeah French translations are always really uh, really good. Yeah, I mean, like he he lived in France for a while, mm. and um, yeah, like I think he 
and we kind of really kind of love yeah yeah we love lots of french artists i think especially when you're in that um when you get into like electronic music and dance music and kind of electronic indie kind of crossovers so much, and stuff cassius like, phoenix all those yeah, bands like absolutely amazing yeah. um history yeah exactly exactly but yeah i think it, it's interesting isn't it because you've got that you know, that kind of international uh, space that metronomy live in but then there's also the, the those kind of english references that come from and you you obviously spent a lot of time growing up in nigeria but then a lot of time in england as well yep. joe in you know torquay uh you've got the brighton thing so there's that kind of like small like suburban like small town england that comes into those songs as well isn't there there's like yeah small small town references that kind of appeal as well sorry i'm laughing because that brass band with the soldiers in it is playing a queen song they they're, are. They're, they're playing don't stop, don't me, stop which me is now. like actually so it's my son's favorite queen yeah. song that and like um we all rocky because yeah. like all children love we all rocky it's just like so yeah. so primal do you know much about licensing? Am I going to have to pay a lot of money for that? <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem. <laughs> um, he loves that song, does he? Yeah, so like when my son was little, I was, it, the year he was born, I was home that year. Yeah. It was kind of a mostly off year. Um, and yeah, we'd just kind of, we'd hang out in the morning, like I'd, I'd get him up and we'd sit and listen to... Uh, yeah, we'd listen to like whatever music I wanted to listen to, basically. <laughs> That's the best but thing about he... having a kid, right? You can just, <clears throat> you can just like foist your music taste. I on think there. you have a myth that that's what you're going to do. That you're going to kind of, yeah, curate your child's music mm. taste, and they're going to be like that kid at school who's yeah. not into Baby Shark or whatever. Yeah. But pretty soon, I think they realize how funny it is for them to be into music that you don't like that like your parents don't like and also even if your parents are listening to amazing music you will go through a period where as a kid you want to listen to like the furthest thing away from what your parents are into and then most people kind of come back around they're like oh you know what like ABBA actually aren't so bad Um, but yeah Queen is one of those ones where I think kids the kind of big queen songs anyway like it's kind of like the beatles such great music that i think it's really intelligible on a number of different levels Mm. so you can be super muso and like into it on that level but also like the melodies are so great the grooves are so great that like you can be three years old and also be like super into it because it just kind of it's very easy for you to listen to you know yeah I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, definitely. What other stuff does he like? Um, I mean, him and his sister are big Disney people, as are myself and my wife. Um, so, yeah, you know, the Encanto soundtrack was massive in our house. And, you know, so this song that he's done, I don't think I mentioned, the cover of uh, A Million Dreams from The yes. Greatest Showman. And so The Greatest Showman soundtrack is one that, yeah, we had a phase of if we were in the car, it had to go on, and at least once a day we'd have to listen to it in the house. Um, what did you, so did you get in touch with Hugh Jackman about, about it in the end? So what happened was we had a... There's a friend friend of one of Rabbi's uh, school mm. classmates who knew a production company that were doing some work with Michael Gracie, who was the director of The Greatest Showman, and Ravi wrote Michael Gracie a letter yeah. asking if he would film a short introduction for the video, and when Michael Gracie sent us his video, he didn't tell us, but that day he happened to be with Hugh Jackman, and so like at the end of his little introduction video, Hugh Jackman kind of pops up with a few words of like encouragement to Ravi. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Um, so yeah, it was nice, just like very, very organic, and I think he liked the fact that Ravi had taken the time to write yeah. him a letter. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite old school. Um, yeah. So that was kind of it was it was nice. It was like a real, real kind of pleasant surprise for us. And the way the video has been edited, spoiler alert the Hugh Jackman bit is until like the very very end of the video so it's also like a little easter egg for the 0.5% of people who will actually watch a YouTube video all the way to all the, the way end, to the end. You know? <laughs> but it's the same with the podcast yeah I tell people how to win a million pounds at the end of every episode <laughs> <laughs> but no one ever listens so they're never going to get it uh, <laughs> yeah there was a period in uh, one of your one of your rival podcasts the Adam Buxton podcast mm. where he had a whole bunch of he used to call people who made it to the final the end the quarter masters yeah like the last the <laughs> final quarter of the podcast like hardly anyone listens to yeah yeah or like uh yeah 
people listen to it, but they're already asleep by that point. Yeah. Well, a lot. Yeah, a lot of people do listen to a podcast before bed, don't they? It's totally. So... Like I find when I'm on tour, I was never really that into doing it because yeah. you know, I if you if you're sleeping with someone else in the room, it's kind of a um, it's a bit it's not very nice to be like all right well on my side of the bed i'm just gonna like listen to this it feels very kind of like mm. you're shutting yourself off but when i was on tour this last um year i like finally got into like putting on i think also it's like bluetooth speakers i guess uh, yeah. bluetooth headphones you can just kind of put one in and yeah i got very into like listening to those long like four hour history podcasts or whatever and it's like one day I'll get to the end of this. Yeah. It's going to take me a really long time. <laughs> a really long time, exactly. A few nights, uh, a few nights listening. Um, but I, I, lo- I love with, uh, with with you guys as well how you've got you've really got music in the family, and I think those I think there's something about music, isn't there? Um, that maybe I'm not sure if it's like a nurture nature thing. I don't know if it's something you have in the blood, or it's maybe you know if you're around music, then you sort of see how incredible and powerful and amazing and emotive music yeah. it is maybe i'm not sure which one it is but it does seem to run in in families doesn't it um both my parents really loved music and i think that's maybe one of the reasons it's so important to me yeah. my mum used to play records back in the day uh, when uh she, you know, she loved motown she played right. with her motown amazing motown music and i've still still got a lot of her a lot of her motown records but i don't know yeah i guess for you like You've had a lot of music in the family. Ravi's making music. Your yeah, brothers. I like, forgot about your older brother. Sorry to sorry to your older brother. Yeah, uh, he's no. in, he's in LA. Obviously, shares playing with Gorillas. Yeah, you've got a lot of like you guys are all kind of doing music, aren't you? So my mum was a music teacher, and in fact, her mm. and my dad met. What she was studying music in yeah. Manchester. My dad was at the University of Manchester. Um, yeah, like my dad basically learned how to. He got guitar lessons from my mum, and yeah. like he said, he actually wanted to learn the guitar. But I think he also just wanted to like spend a bit more time with my mum, and it worked because they got married. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it kind of just it was completely just ambient in our house. Yeah. Like music was one of the things we yeah. did just for fun, and like we. So my family, we grew up like very, very kind of super Christian. And one of the things we would do every day, like the kind of on trap family, is we'd get together, like my dad would get his guitar out and we'd like sing Christian songs together, like as a family. And the cool thing about that was like everyone was free to kind of pick harmonies and Mm. stuff. So you'd kind of, yeah, we were learning about playing music by ear and you know before we could talk you know in the case of like the younger siblings you know music was just like totally a really basic part of what we did as a family yeah that christianity thing's so interesting as well isn't it where i live in uh, east london in dalston yeah there's a huge west african community of course and if you go around on sundays you can hear the music coming out of the churches because it's so loud and everyone's singing and there's this real musical spirit well, a lot of the... Western Christian worship is quite quiet, <laughs> and the West African churches are popping off on Sundays. You hear yeah, the music like, coming out of it. There are so many, yeah, so many musicians who go on mm. to become uh, professionals. Yeah, you definitely you cut your teeth playing in the church band, and like the first, your first experience of like having an audition will be trying to get into the church band, yeah. and then like every week, like basically. A church service is like a gig for you and like part of what 
in the church that I went to when I lived in Nigeria, the service would start with like half an hour of continuous music. So the band would be playing and the person who was leading the band would just like call out a song and it's like, all right, we're changing to this song. And like, we're just kind of like segue like seamlessly from one song to the other. Um, or, you know, the band leader would call out, all right, we're going to take it up. Like we're going to change the key and, you know, like all these kind of cues to the band. So if you're in the band, you have to be, yeah, just like very kind of ready for anything, basically. Um, and my way of getting a bit more serious about music was when I got a little bit older, I like joined the church band, like in our, our church in Lagos in Nigeria, and eventually like got to be like the person who was like leading the service. And this is when I was, uh, I think the first time it would have been when I was like 13 or 14. Um, and our church was pretty big, you know, there'd be like a thousand people there for like a Sunday service thereabouts. Um, and yeah, like it really was the start of me getting the feeling of what it's like to play a gig. Yeah, and that must have been a, a, a kind of a mixture of feelings, I imagine, kind of exhilaration, maybe some uh, fear as well, like learning lots, how to perform, lots of right? fear, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because also, like, you could only rehearse so much. Mm. So, like, we'd have band practice during, like, yeah. a couple of times during the week, but, like, you'd rehearse the songs in isolation. You wouldn't really rehearse um, playing that, like, half an hour mix, essentially. Um, and the thing that's kind of interesting now is thinking about, so I DJ, um, kind of got into DJing a couple of years after I joined Metronomy, and it's I've always loved making mixtapes yeah. for people and then like getting into making DJ mixes it's exactly that thing of like thinking well this song would fit with this song and like oh these two songs are in the same key and like I could take the melody from this song and have it go on top of like the chord progression for this other song and then like that makes the transition work and all yeah. those same things like it was all looking back on it very much like all there you know yeah and you've been yeah been DJing increasingly around the world as well haven't you in recent, yeah, like recent the, years the yeah. last gig I had obviously like COVID like so many other things yeah. about um, music like had a big break from it during COVID mm -hmm. yeah like I just DJed in Mexico City that was a lot yeah. of fun yeah. um, a kind of after show for a uh, yeah, we had a, a, a big metronomy show there, and it was kind of sort of an after show. Yeah, that must have been a lot of fun, I imagine. Yep, it's exactly as you'd expect DJing in Mexico. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, people go very hard, and it's like a real, yeah, just like the atmosphere is amazing. Yeah, I've never been, I'm actually going to head there uh, head there soon, so you'll have to give me some uh, some tips for where to go. I imagine, the food's great. Yeah, the, I imagine the food's great, yeah. and uh, I I guess if you want to pass The traffic it. is terrible, though. And, like, <laughs> right. the weekend we were there was uh, the weekend of the Formula One, mm. the Mexican Grand Prix. And so, like, the traffic is always bad, but yeah. the traffic was extra, extra bad. Yeah. We were talking about Buenos Aires. I, uh, you guys are playing the show there, aren't you? And I, I remember going out there, and it was one of the greatest nights ever. I think there's something about um, South American cities. People yeah. really... Uh, they really like to go go quite hard, don't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like Sao Paulo, Buenos Aires. It's um, it's one of those big clubbing stereotypes places. that really is yeah. you know to stereotype. Obviously, there are nuances to it, yeah. but like at its core, it's kind of true. It's yeah. just like you know people are much more expressive with their passions and just like yeah. much more yeah demonstrative, I guess. Yeah, you guys play a lot of festivals. Back back when I was um, writing a lot about music, I was going to a lot of festivals around the world. And 
I always enjoyed it so much and I feel like wherever you go in the world it's it's funny because there's obviously different there's local bands playing local DJs things are different but then you had this overarching universal language of music right yeah. people are there from different countries and they've come to see Metronomy or they've come to see another band or another DJ and everyone's there that we live in this globalized world where people can get hold of music from different places yeah. and then they all enjoy it and I think that's an incredible thing isn't it to bring people together right do you, do you ever Absolutely. kind of think about that I, I think well so I think when you play a lot of festivals so like this summer we played 30 plus mm. festivals um there's a tendency to sometimes see the similarities as much as you see the differences. Um, but at its core, yeah, like it's a it's a really, really cool thing. Like it's a really it's a great way to experience like new music. Mm. That's the thing I always love about festivals and like just walking around and kinda taking a look at the lineup, but usually we'll get to a festival thankfully you know these days sometimes we're playing more towards the evening um so yeah you get there in the morning sometimes and you've got the whole day to walk around and see some band you've just never heard of because you're walking past a tent and you just hear some music kind of wafting out of it and you kind of go and check it out or like an artist you've been so like this um this summer we've done a few festivals with an artist called eve tumor um which I think is a band that I thought was a solo artist, but I think they're a band. And yeah, like I'd never seen them play before, and we found for some reason there were three festivals that we were on the same day, like on the same bill as mm. them. So that was quite cool to kind of, yeah. yeah, get to see people that you've heard about but not had a chance to go to a gig. Yeah, exactly. You can see so many, can't you? We were talking about Primavera just, just before we started yeah. recording, which is one of my all-time favorites they always book so many cool people there's yeah no the, the lineups are just yeah so good the One. people you really want to see the people you love and then you discover new yeah. new stuff as well and you? it's a city-based festival as well which i'm yeah. very into because i don't really massively like camping yeah. slash hate camping it's easier in the city <laughs> isn't it when you can go back yeah. to your hotel and just have a good night's sleep yeah and like simpler. i think with primavera because it all starts quite late you know late by like British standards, I yeah. guess. So you basically have the whole day to yeah. hang out. So like the last times, the last we played Primavera this past summer, and my brother Shaya, who plays with Gorillas, was there because Gorillas were playing the same day, or they had played the day before. Yeah. I can't remember. But like you know, we hung out, got some food, went to the cinema to watch the new Top Gun movie. <laughs> that dub- sounds like dub- a great day. Dubbed in Spanish. <laughs> and then Como se dice Top Gun in Espanol what is that oh uh, well I think like all the, so like oh, you know Pistol top, Mejor Top Gun Maverick all those yeah, words but, you know, they left yeah. them in English yeah. but you know said with this kind of you know very very thick Spanish accents yeah. it, honestly like I don't think I'll ever be able to watch that film in English now yeah like, it's just not going to sound right <laughs> That must have been a great day. Yeah. I guess cool to hang out with Cher as well. I guess you maybe don't get that much time together if you're both on the road. Not really, places. no. I mean, he so he lives in London, but for yeah, for a long for a while he was out of London, and yeah, like if your touring cycles are out of sync, then yeah, it can be a whole year and you've kind of not seen yeah. a person who lives kind of not that far away from you. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
You know what we were saying about festivals as well? I think this discover, you know, the kind of bringing people together, I think, is really cool, especially in this kind of fractured. Yeah. Is that some guns? <laughs> I'm guessing those are some guns, but ceremonial uh, guns. Hopefully, ceremonial guns. Yeah. Um, yeah, this kind of fra- fractured world we live in, as illustrated I mean, by the gun yeah, gunfire. The it's timing good. could not it's, be more perfect. <laughs> it's good to bring people together, isn't it? And to have that that shared universal language as it, these weird, uh, weird cannons go off. Um, but also, I think, you know, when you can discover music from different places, you know, talk about gorillas. I think Damon's been really, you know, really clever in bringing, like, African music to the table mm-hmm. where people maybe don't always know that i think we're seeing more of, of that aren't we we're learning more about south american music maybe african music and yeah i mean i think the thing that's been cool in pop music in the last 10 years or so has been yeah like the whole latin uh yeah people people making pop songs that are on the kind of number one in the charts in kind of english-speaking countries and but they're singing in spanish or like yeah. rapping in spanish and uh, yeah, there's like so much cool like Portuguese music and like right. Mexican music, and exactly. then there's a whole or even K-pop. Like, there's so, so yeah, much K-pop there exactly, and like uh, you know electronic music in mm. South Africa. You know, like Com and then Emma Piano, like those. What were kind of like yeah, would have been pretty kind of niche regional um, regional kind of subgenres of house music and dance music, um, but because of the internet you're able to find out about these things much more quickly. Um, I guess the flip side of that is there's always a specter of appropriation and the idea that, yeah, if you're a pop artist, you kind of jump on whatever this new wave is, um, but actually you don't really have that much real uh, interaction with the community it comes from. Um, But, you know, pop music has always been kind of vampiric in that way. Yeah, and you've been doing some stuff, Echo Fantasy as well, haven't you? Yeah, so like I made an album with a, an album and an EP with a friend of mine who is actually from the UK, but he's been living in South Africa yeah. for my um, friend Gareth, who produces under the name Jumping Backslash. Um, and yeah, like we made this um, like electronic uh, kind of R&B soul album, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Like I actually went out to South Africa. Um, to this like he lives in this small town on the garden route called Neisner so I kind of went we hung out in um, Cape Town a bit like we did a DJ gig in Johannesburg but most of the time that I've been there I've actually been hanging out in Neisner which is just like you know it's just like a really regular super regular town you know and that's been quite cool too yeah Maybe he's uh, maybe he's in amongst the uh, <laughs> South African dignitaries. Here, here are the South African delegates. Yeah, yeah. Lis- listening <laughs> listening to those guns going off in the background, uh, which sound uh, sound quite weird. Uh, well, we'll wrap wrap it up in a minute, Benga. But um, there was one one other thing I wanted to ask you about. You, I read about you and Cher doing uh, a graphic novel. Talk yeah. to us about that. That sounds really interesting. So during lockdown, I had this idea of collaborating on something with Cher because yeah. we've uh, we've made music together kind of on and off over yeah. the years. Yeah, um, you've done songs as well. Haven't you? Yeah, but we've never really yeah, we've never really like worked on something in depth. Yeah. Um, and at the time, even though the kind of, you know, everyone was doing stuff remotely, I wasn't really that up for 
like trading files with him back and forth and kind of working that way because I'm much more used to, I guess, just being in a room with him. And uh, my default, like, number one kind of preferred way of working with people is being in a room with them. Uh, but I had this short story idea. And at the time, he had been, I didn't know it, but he'd been approached by Doc Martens to do, they have this thing called Doc Martens Presents, um, and they wanted to do something with him. And so he had this idea of like us working on this short story. It's kind of like a long, longish, not quite novella length, but it's like a longish uh, short story. And then we got a bunch of illustrators, mostly kind of people of color, to work on like illustrating it. Um, yeah, it kind of came out. So it's called A Ballande Sector. It's set in this alternate version of the world uh, where colonialism basically never happened and like European countries continued to trade with Africa but um, never colonized any of the countries. Mm. So where we're from, Nigeria, is actually made up of a bunch of what used to be separate countries and it was kind of arbitrarily these lines were drawn around it and it's like, all right, you're all part of the same country now. Yeah. So in <laughs> this old British yeah, Empire. In this world of the story Yorubaland, which is the bit of Nigeria that we're from, you know, Yorubaland is separate from the Igbos. The Igbos have their own kingdom next to it. And then, like, the Hausas have their own kingdom to the north of it, which is, like, broadly, broadly what the separation was before colonialism. There's a lot more nuance to it than that. But, yeah, so it's it's cool, and you can read it online if you just, like, search Obalande Sector. Um, yeah, like, it's a really fun thing. Like, we, we are working on more stories but then we got busy you know touring yeah and, yeah and there's kind of a sci-fi element to that right very much so kind yeah like that, oh, sorry like that's philip the other k. thing dick, yeah so shay and i are both big sci-fi people yeah. um like philip k dick particularly is like a huge huge touchstone for us yeah. and also like sandman like we love kind of comics and graphic novels too um so yeah it was nice to kind of work on something that wasn't music but still drew on our kind of shared influences and stuff we kind of grew up reading and watching yeah that sounds really cool i love sci-fi so much when, yeah. I was a, when i was a kid i think everyone does don't they when when you're little you love those you love comics you I, love i don't know see the interesting thing is like you don't think of saturday morning cartoons as sci-fi even though often yeah like if you're watching transformers or power rangers yeah. or whatever thundercats yeah, they're like yeah. set on other planets or set in the future or, you know, involve, yeah, teleportation, time travel, whatever. But all of a sudden it's like you get older and you say, oh, I'm into Star Trek. And people are like, oh, so you're a nerd. Like, well, <laughs> or up till recently, you know, the whole Marvel, Marvel cinematic universe has changed it. But it used to be, yeah, if you said like, yeah, I'm into comics, people would be like, oh, you're a nerd. Yeah. I'm going to like beat you up and take your lunch money. <laughs> but somehow it's kind of become cool. It's now. become cool, hasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't cool when I was young. I, I mean, I definitely am a nerd. Um, I get the feeling you probably are as well. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We, guilty as charged. Yeah, I think we both are. But yeah, that stuff's become cool now it's um, it's strange isn't it but um, but yeah those things are all you know, when you're a kid I think a anything that's kind of dreamy or fantastical is always always grabs your imagination yeah, doesn't it does uh, does Ravi like that stuff as well he does so he's um, he is I mean he's a nerd 
yeah, he likes, <laughs> obviously because like, his dad is. So he's, he would do. He? Well, his mum is too. This <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Be- you know, yeah, like, Beth- Bethany is. As my well, my as wife well. and I are. You know, we've been rewatching Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, rewatching Star Trek from the beginnings. Like we watched Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. And we're now watching Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And yeah, yeah like we're kind of, yeah, as a as a household anything to do with kind of like space and fantasy and stuff like that we're super into yeah you should play metronomy gig in space how about that (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like uh elon musk cooler shaker wanted to be the first band to play on the moon right yeah yeah i'm glad that didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) we definitely i think we'd all prefer a metronomy gig on the moon um okay venga thank you so much for talking to me today i hope you've enjoyed uh, slightly surreal. It's been. It's been pro- I wasn't expecting. I was expecting yeah. a very nice, quiet, <laughs> like get a coffee, sit in the park. It's I been like quite it. intense with guns going off and uh, men it's, with swords on horses. It's very 2022, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never know what's gonna what's gonna happen. Right. Let's uh, let's walk back to the station. But thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, man. And um, Pleasure. yeah, I hope everything goes well with Ravi's single. Just before we go, where can people get uh, get Ravi's single? So if you go to ravisdream.com, R A V I S D R E A M dot com, you can watch the video. There's a donate button. Yeah. I know it's kind of you know it's tough times for people, but if you have a couple of spare quid, you could donate. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, ravisdream.com. Ravisdream.com. Benga Adelikan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, man. that episode of Park Date Um, there's lots more where that came from and there'll be more in the future as well if you enjoyed it please leave a review Um, good or bad make them funny I'll be reading out the best ones and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcast from check out our website parkdate.co.uk and um, if you see me walking around in a park come and say hello I think that was the sound of someone sneezing Um, yes thank you bye bye coming up on the next edition of Park Date Chef Rexton Wallet invites us into his kitchen where he tells us about the things he likes to open and close the most. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I like to open and close the fridge, uh, the cupboards, this cupboard, that cupboard, uh, this cupboard, uh, cupboard with the crisps in, open and close the oven like this, rattle around all the stuff, uh, put the kettle on and then, um, well, maybe I'll pour myself a whiskey. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.